Hello, 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 guys. It's episode three of Holy Cow with Chase and Greg. I'm Chase. Greg is right alongside of me. Good evening, everyone. Good morning, whenever whenever you see this. Yes, we're at 9 o'clock a.m. on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and also Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. We're everywhere. It's a lot of fun. If we could get some more wins besides one win out of every out of the last three series. It has been weird on the south side as being a Northsiders. I mean, it is bad. It's it been is. a tough week. Yes, I thought Saturday would turn it around. It didn't. And uh, happy 420 for you guys that are in Oklahoma that can legally smoke weed with a medical ID card. We'll try to get through all the stuff. Well, my friends in Colorado, happy 420. Right, yeah. You know, uh, and uh, it's going to be a fun one today. We actually have our first guest of the show. Might as well just bring him on in. He is the founder of... Obvious shirts. I know you guys have probably seen the logo. It's right there. He is a lot of fun. Um, obvious shirts. They came out. Well, actually, you know what? We'll just bring him in. How's it going, Joe? Hello. How's I don't want to still guys? do it thunder. It's good, dude. It's great. I'm glad you're here, man. I, I'm rocking my. Uh, I'm rocking my Tony. Yep, love it. One of my favorites. Uh, you've got all the cool shirts. I can't remember who was wearing it in the press conference with the bus. You guys have the bus one. Hayward, yeah, Hayward wore it recently. Yes, Hayward, it was Hayward. Uh, and then we've got our good buddy, uh, Big Country, what was it, 1746 or something like that on uh, Instagram. He was rocking the new shirt, uh, Failed Starter. Correct, yep. Yeah. That, that was his idea, so all credit to Andrew Chafin. So Andrew Chafin is Chet Stedman and Will Ferrell's illegitimate love child. I've come <laughs> to that conclusion, like... I would I would love to see Will Farrell with a mustache coming out of the bullpen one one game. I think that would be yep. hilarious. So I do it. Oh, I'm sure. And he, you know, the people around there love him. Yeah. When who was it? Him and uh Zach Galifianakis that did the uh player intros the one year. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I know they did it for the NBA. I know he did it for the NBA. Did did, did he do baseball intros? I do because I remember him saying it, calling uh, De Jesus to Jesus. Okay, I know he did the spring training appearance where he came in and played like position. Like what was that twenty fifteen maybe? Right. Um, yeah, all, that was all ten positions. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, he. I think he gave the best retirement speech when he said, "There's nothing more American than grabbing a beer and hot dog and going to the ballpark and watching nine gay nine guys from the Dominican Republic play America's pastime." <laughs> Which is not too far from the truth. So, Joe, for the guys that, and gals that watch this show that may not know who you are, tell us about uh, tell us about Obvious Shirts and kind of how it began. You said it's a pretty cool story, and we'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'll do my best to summarize, long, make a long story brief. But it started as a joke because I was a huge Cub fan. I worked downtown Chicago. Um, I was in a sales role, so I had like five other people in my team, and we were all Cub fans, and we always talked Cubs baseball. And it was in 2015, and uh, one of my favorite Cubs at the time, even before he was Jake Arrieta, was Jake. And and there's a different backstory to that uh, that involves when I played a game at TCU, and it was when he was at TCU, and I saw there was like a there was a piece of tape stuck to my bag, and it said Jay Arrieta 34. Um, so that was like a weird connection. So when the Cubs got him, I was like, that's going to be my guy. 
Um, and that him and Strope came over from Baltimore. And so, yeah, like the people knew me as a huge cup fan in the office. And like, you know, when Jake started playing really good, they knew that he was one of my favorite players. So like, we, we just kind of made a bigger deal of it. And then the second half of two, 2015 hit, and he was the best player in baseball, arguably the best statistical pitching that we've ever seen. Um, and so I came in the office one day and I just said, Jake Garrett is good at baseball. And my buddies thought it was funny because it was so understated on purpose that that was kind of the joke. And so I was like, I want to wear I want to put that on a t-shirt because at the time I was a season ticket holder and I went to a lot of games and I sat in the bleachers and it was hot. So my buddy just so happened to be a t-shirt, the t-shirt guy in college with the promo bands. And he's like, I know a guy that'll make you a shirt. And I said, have him make him one shirt. It just got to be super comfortable. Royal blue, um, and I want it in Helvetica font. And he's like, why? And I said, because like I took a class in college, an architecture class, and Helvetica font's the easiest font to read by with the naked eye. And so that's like the only thing I retained from that class, which is sad. But I said, left justify it, just like a like a paragraph on a book, and add a period at the end, and that's my shirt. And it all that literally came to me on the spot when we first made the joke and said that should be on a shirt, and it just stuck. And so about a month later, he, the shirt came in and Jake was pitching in like a few more days at Wrigley. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to the game and uh, it happened to be one of his last starts of 2015. And he struck out 11. He went the entire pitch, the entire game. I didn't give up two hits. And the madness started in the 30 and I went to get a beer. And I got stopped on my way to the center field concessions uh, and having people taking they took a photo with me and I think Jake had six strikeouts at this point or something ridiculous after like three innings and people just said where did you get that shirt and I said I made it for myself and they're like well can you make me one I said sure and they're like here's my business card or here's my cell phone number and I put it in my notes app and I left with like 30 contacts and I went back to work the next day I said guys you'll never believe what happened people love the shirt and I said have your guy order me 50 and so he ordered me 50 and then he, I got him in and emailed every single person on the card and I put the rest on Facebook and sold all of them in like 45 minutes. And then Jake, uh, the next day, Jake, or not the next day, but very shortly after was that 2015 wild card game. And that's the infamous, you know, whatever helps you keep the hope alive, just know it doesn't matter. Then he went out there and dominated. And so I sold all the remaining shirts I had. All right. Before that, I'm a terrible storyteller. Before that I put like an order for a hundred and I sold all the hundred online. And I went to work the next day. I said, you'll never believe what happened. And so I put in an order for 400 and then Jake pitched the wild card game. And then, and then it kind of like spread like wildfire. And then the season ended with the Mets. And that was like the only shirt that I sold. It was just word of mouth on, I had Facebook. I didn't even have like, inter, like a webpage yet. So I put it, I created an Etsy and put that one shirt on there and sold that until 2016. And then the next shirt I got a lot, I got lucky because I'm a, like, I'm from Crown Point, Indiana. My whole family went to IU. You know, I, I followed Kyle Schwarber when he got to IU, being an IU fan. And and when he got the, on the Cubs, that was cool. So I was like, I don't want to have – my second shirt can't be a blue shirt. I already made a blue shirt. So I made Kyle Schwarber crushes baseballs in red. And sure enough, a fan from New York City bought that shirt. And, like, not even a month later, the Cubs were playing in, city, in, in New York City at City Field. And Kyle Schwarber hit, like, a 480-foot bomb. And the cameras went right to the guy with my shirt. And there was nobody at this, like not a lot of people at this game. And he was just wearing my Kyle Schwarber Crushes baseball shirt. And I sold them right away. So I made it a pre-order. And I woke up the next day and there was like 400 shirts sold. So then that day, I literally sat down and thought this entire business out 
and called it obvious shirts because I liked that it was like a niche and I wanted baseball and I wanted, the, I wanted more humor in baseball. And I'm, I'm super dry and witty with my own, uh, like personality or, you know, my, my humor is dry. So I just let, let it be me. And I put, I, I liked it and I wanted to wear it and people started wanting to wear it. And then I, you know, being a diehard fan, watching every Cubs game, I just started in a black book, keeping all these phrases down and half of those phrases ended up becoming shirts. And that, and, and long, and long story short, momentum grew people, people, you know, it kind of spread. I, I don't do paid advertisements. I, I believe in the power of uh, word of mouth and the fact that you're wearing like kind of a billboard on your shirt, it starts conversation and here we are. Right. What one do you have on right now? Uh, Ian Haps, who says no. Okay. Yeah. Compound podcast. All right. The old compound. Yeah. Ian Hap. Uh, a lot of fun. He's a, he's a great guy. Ian Hap uh, gave Greg a great trip to uh, Miami a couple seasons ago. Absolutely. Opening day. When First he hit his bomb? Yeah. yeah. And he got, he helped you get that trip or he, he was involved in that? No, no, I no. just, oh, I he, just he made I the trip successful. Great. Yeah. He made a bad trip to Miami, a, a good trip. I mean, because Miami. Love that. Yeah, go go dancers and that weird parade float out <laughs> in the center field. So you said like you know you have a black book or black notebook that you keep your notes in. Do you find it? Do you find like the misery that is kind of been this first month of the season? Does it does it help your shirts or do you think it kind of hurts your shirts? Um. I mean, I, I, I bet you the data would probably give me an exact answer. So I'd have to like look at that. I don't think there's been some good publicity recently with like Jake wearing the founder shirt and the podcast shirts with Ian. Um, some of the shirts that I've done with like, so there's different things that are going. It, I, I, when the Cubs play bad, I do not, there's a direct correlation. I do not sell as many shirts as when they play good. Um, but I, that's why. You know, it started as a strictly a Cubs company. I've, I've branched out into Bears and Blackhawks, and I've done other things to kind of keep that sustainable. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It sure doesn't help when the Cubs are playing bad. That's for sure. And it's hard being a, a company focused on players when players do bad. People aren't buying, or when players get traded, I have to fire sale. So it's it's like always. You always have to be plugged in and knowing what's going on and who's hot and who's not. And it, it shows, like with the shirt sales. Do you do you find that like you come up with creative more creative slogans when things are going good though? Yeah, absolutely. Because my my whole philosophy is like you know I've been a Cub fan since my my first memory of Chicago Cubs is like 1992, 1993 when I was four or five. Anything before that, people are lying to you if they say they can remember the Cubs when they're three years old. Right. Um, but like yeah, so I my whole childhood was was loser, like was losing. I mean, I've, I just kind of like learned to cope with losing. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to like dwell on the negatives because we'll, like, we'll just depress ourselves as Cub fans. So I just try to keep my whole company vibe, like positive. Um, and I played baseball, you know, competitively. So it's hard to do because I know how mentally tough baseball is as a player and as a fan. So I just try to keep that positive outlook and I try to keep things positive. So yeah, when the Cubs are rolling, that's when the idea is like when I hear something or think of something and then connect the dots. Yeah, it's usually from a good moment and not a bad moment. Um, if there's bad moments, I only like my face shirts if they're about other teams like the Cardinals. Right. Yeah, definitely need more more Cardinal suck shirts. In our yeah, yeah. So St. Louis funny, is boring. I was working for a 
Italian beef company that decided they wanted to go national and try to franchise into Texas. And uh, I had come up with this brilliant idea of trying to score Jake Arietta to be the tie-in to like, because he was from Plano, which we were in Dallas. I was like, oh, that would be kind of cool. Mm -hmm. but nothing ever happened. I could never... I didn't I guess I didn't have the right pictures or anything like that to get in <laughs> the Instagram or wasn't very slick with my, Hey, we want to work with you. But mm -hmm. it was, you know, that was kind of a big tie for us. People would come in and, and I really wanted it to work, but I'm glad it worked out for you. Yeah. I think just the story with Jake, it's kind of cool. Um, you know, like he's the reason if he didn't pitch good, like that's why I guess what I would say to you, Chase, is that a lot of times it's better to be lucky than good. And I and I consider That's myself crazy. lucky because if Jake didn't pitch that good of a game on that day, if he pitch if he pitches a bad game, nobody's asking me to buy that shirt. And then if he doesn't go on like a week or two later, ten days later, and you know, pitch the Cubs, he pretty much like put the Cubs in, in the in the wild card or in the playoffs. So like he had it was just, it was timing. And sometimes timing is all you need. And then with Kyle Schwarber hitting that home, like my second, my first shirt and my second shirt, both like hit more hits that that's lucky. That's very lucky. So a lot of times it's just luck, man. And that's funny that you bring that up. Cause I think it's good time to bring it up. You're talking about timing is everything and luck our third episode. And we lucked out. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and put it up on the screen. This is the new shirt. And this is talking about lucky and coincidence. This is the new shirt that's dropping today with the old obvious shirts. Holy cow. Go. I mean, holy cow. And he's on holy cow. It's great. Wes, thank you for sending me the, uh, hey, I could probably help you out with getting connected <laughs> with you guys. And here we are now, our 420 episode, episode three. Holy cow t-shirt. And you said they'll be, they'll be uh, dropping. They're, they're on the website today, right? They will be on the website by the time this is aired. Absolutely. So you can go to obviousshirts.com right now and I'll make it a feature. It'll be right at the top of the website. Um, but the shirts come in on Wednesday and we'll probably ship out first thing Thursday. So I'll make that, I'll set that right expectation on the website. But yes, if you are listening to this right now, it is available. The holy cow shirt. Um, I was like, wow, that because I texted you and I was like, hey, you know, have you ever thought about doing a holy cow shirt or anything like that? And then boom, this pops up in the mm -hmm. in my uh, text message, and I was like, oh my gosh, I showed it to my girlfriend. I was like, I can't believe like we're sitting here talking about getting on our show, holy cow, and here it is now, a uh, holy cow shirt. So I think our star stars are aligning just like that. Absolutely. Game. See, there's there's a bigger plan. There's there's it's just destiny brought us together. Yes. Holy cow shirts. Holy cow. We will, I will be honest with you. We will probably have those shirts on the next week and every week after that. I'll make sure you two, you are the first two to receive the shirts. Individually number that shit, Joe. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I should. That's a good idea. I should number that. Man, I had a guy one time that came up, and I wear 47 brand hats. Like, those are the, mm -hmm. the cleanup hats. That's what I wear all the time. And yep. I didn't have one on one day, and he was like, look at this hat. It's individually numbered. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. So I went out to my car, and I grabbed, like, three of them that I had. And I was like, look at all these. These are individually numbered, too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, quit trying to tell me this. So you're an avid Cubs fan, so do you want to stay, stay, and stay around and maybe talk some Cubs? I'll talk some Cubs for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's that sounds great to me. I, I – uh, 
I could talk Cubs baseball all day. Man, so you said you are uh, hanging out in your basement, uh, and it looks like the Cubs are hanging out in the basement because they have officially reached last place of the NL Central. <laughs> yes. Um, Greg, please stop making fun of all your Reds fans and your friends because they're at the top. Um, it's a long season. They'll it is a long season. But that inbox can get long. We all, we all know what floats for a little bit, then slowly <laughs> but surely drops to the bottom of the bowl. Yeah. Where where are you at, Chase? Where are you at on the panic meter? If there was a panic meter, where would you fall on it? I mean, this is getting to a point to where I'm not liking it. Okay. Uh, I'm about five right now. On You're right in the middle? Here? Yeah. On scale from one to ten, I'd say about five, right? Either – it's going to get a lot better or somewhat better, or it's going to continue just to, and I'll be honest, playing the Mets this week, I, I, I'm i kind of worried. Yeah. Well, it's not going to do us any favors. Right. It's like I said in the intro, out of the last three series, they've won one game in each of those three series. So they've, you know, they've lost out. What about, where are you at, Joe? Are you on a, are you on a five? No, I mean, I'm, I'm probably wrong here. Again, it's my positivity outlook, which I really do believe. I mean, when I was in college, I don't know. We're, I'm probably a two or a three, to be honest, but it's early. So, like, my meter, like, I'll let you know when I'm at a seven or eight. It's too far away to have a seven or eight because, like, in 1997, they, would, they started, what, over 14? Yeah, they ended up with, like, 68 Wednesday year, but, you know, that, that's when you're like that's when I'm like a seven or eight. When we start 014, I'm like I'm I'm panicking. But I just think like when I was in college, we started 0 for 12 and we played went to California in our spring trip. We went the whole trip we went like there's undefeated and then what's never winning. We did not we went 0 for 12 the entire spring trip and we came back and we won our conference championship and went on 10 CAA regionals. So like yeah, there's a lot of factors at place. Like, there's a new team is new team chemistry. Um, different. I mean, our lineup hasn't really changed really in the past four years. It, it looks pretty similar. But last year wasn't – like, last year was a little unusual. So, I think baseball is a very – it's like a creature of habit sport. And I just never put a lot of stock into at least – you know, like what I always say is – I don't like going to games at Wrigley unless there's ivy on the wall because that means it's been uh, you know seven consecutive warm days so that yeah. ivy can grow. If I was a Cubs player and like when I played in college ball, our season started in end of February, early March, and I probably hit 200 the first 45 days, and then I probably hit 400 the last 45 days or last 60 days because I hated playing in the cold. Now I'm not making an excuse for the Cubs because other teams play in the cold, but. A a start of a season is just never a good window to judge like what comes next. Just my opinion. So I'm right. not that concerned. Right. There are some things that, you know, there, there are some things to be concerned about. I would definitely say uh, yes. run productivity. Uh, they're averaging right now six left on base over the last, over the season uh, per game, um, which last season they had 6.9, I think was the average. Mm -hmm. for the 2020 season. Um, but my concern is that the Reds and Dodgers have more hits than the Cubs have runs. 
Sure. You're going to think I'm the biggest weirdo and loser in the world. I'm more concerned about the Cubs pitching right now than I'm making the hitting. Yes. I, I am too, I, especially the bullpen. That just – but I can't really say the starting has been that great either. The Cubs right now have the third worst team ERA of a 4.98, and they're behind the Cards and the Tigers. Yeah, I just – yeah, I think the bats will come around. Like yesterday, Jock looked way better at the plate. And, like, when yeah. I when I look at players, I look at their timing. Well. Yeah, and did you notice that two games ago, Rizzo's timing looked like it kind of like clicked, and then yesterday he went on and had two home runs? Like, yeah. when I watch baseball, I look at – I don't mean to sound arrogant or cocky here, but I look at things that maybe other – like I look at like mechanics and I look at timing and I look at you know pitching matchups and what what's a tendency. I like to match tendencies, and that's kind of where I come up with my predictions for who's going to hit a home run that game is I like to analyze at least the breakdown of, of the baseball that maybe you don't really die – like the average fan won't dive into. That's, that's what I enjoy. So I'm more concerned about – like we don't have the like when you Darvish went on the mound last year, it like you knew it was going to be at least six or seven innings. He'll probably give up four hits. He might give up one run. Like it was, you could you could win, you could score two runs and win on a Darvish start. And that's how I used to feel about Jake Arrieta when he would get on the bump. It was just an, almost an automatic W. And think about what that does for the hitters too. When you're a baseball player and like you don't maybe you don't have that bulldog or you have that lights out shutdown like number one ace, it's nice to have, I'm just saying it's nice to have those every once in a while for your own confidence to know that like our guy's going to do his job. Our, our pitcher's going to do his job out there. Like let's do our job in here. And it's just baseball's a weird sport, man. I, I don't make, I'm not making any excuses for the Cubs bats, but I do think they will come around. I just right. think the pitching is like, um, what do we do? I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I do not not believe in the pitching, but I see weaknesses in it that, over Kate, over 149 more games or whatever, it's going to be tough to be very, very sharp and very consistent in those and win and win to win series. Right. Yeah. And, well, you and know, that's the thing is, you know, last year, you know, you could throw out, you could throw out Lester, you could throw out um, Darvish, Hendricks. Hendricks. I mean, there. That's a maybe it wasn't the best three in the majors or even the National League. But it was still a pretty good one, two, three lineup. Confidence, and, absolutely. Now, Hendricks hasn't, I don't think, personally, I don't think he's had a great start yet. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I do believe he'll get better. Last night was just painful to watch. Yeah, he was just leaving the ball up. That was just so on Kyle Hendricks like. He was missing his pitches up. And if you throw 87 and you leave it up, and with the wind blowing out, like usually he he's very good in keeping things down and forcing ground balls. I, I hope it was just a fluke start. I don't. I I yeah. hope because you know watching that first inning, you're thinking the wind must be blowing out at gale force, and mm -hmm. then you know someone's now it's blowing out about it's about five miles per hour, and I'm thinking yikes. Mm -hmm. So the way he's got, we've got to get more out of him because. You know, like it or not, right now he's our ace. Yeah, I think he it's – He just yeah. hasn't like one yet. I'll go back to it, and then I'll let Chase talk because I'm, I'm already taking up too much of the talking on this podcast. But his changeup is his pitch. And 
a good change. He's got one of the best changeups in baseball, but like it's early and yeah. there's some starts. I, I wasn't a pitcher. I played shortstop, but I, but I know from talking to pitchers that there's just some days where you wake up and your slider is not working or your changeup is not there. And exactly. yesterday had to have been that because he was, he did not seem confident in his changeup when his changeup and you got that confidence only builds when you get nine, 10, 12 starts under your belt, then you, you just yeah. feel better and you know your pitch is better. But you're right. It is – I guess like Kyle might be where I'm like – Kyle and Davies I, I, I'm I a little concerned about. Um, I think Jake's going to be Jake. He's going to – Jake's a bulldog, and Jake's going to just – he's going to give you all he's got. His movement, he still has good stuff. Still has good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think yesterday probably had to be one of the worst games I've seen Kyle Hendricks pitch. I mean, honestly, four, four home runs in the first inning. Uh, doesn't look good. And you would think maybe, I mean, would it have been too much to say for him to go and, and pull him after the third home run? I mean, I know it's the first inning, but Ross yeah. is kind of thinking, hey, I mean, you, who knows? I mean, I know they at one point talked about that infamous game back in, I think it was 1979. When they played the Phillies at Wrigley and they they lost like twenty three to twenty two, of course the wind was blowing out that day. But you know, then we get up the bottom of the first and Rizzo knocks one out, and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe we'll just keep hitting home runs on both sides tonight. But yeah, that you know, that had to be. Yeah, maybe it, maybe Kyle's still not feeling good. I mean, like. If I'm a pro athlete yeah. and I don't feel good and I'm scheduled to start, I'm still starting because I'm a, I'm a competitive dude and I want to go out there and start and give it my all. Even And I think that's where you got to be like maybe more – maybe he wasn't feeling right. And he might not be the first one to say it, but it, it just like could have been an off day for him. Or like yeah. not an off day, but it could have been like he was not feeling right. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm just he guessing. Missed but. Last, he missed his last start. So, you know, we don't know what all went into that he might still there might still be some residual effects from mm -hmm. what caused him to miss his last start last week yeah but yeah I, I can't be i just can't be concerned yet i and that but that's just my opinion i i am not i'm not concerned because baseball is weird and i've seen weirder things happen i mean what uh when the nat when the washington nationals won the world series didn't weren't they like 19 and 37 at, like to start the season yeah they ended up winning the world series that year so yeah. Yeah, I think baseball teams are made in July and you have to you have to you have to trend in August and you have to peak in September. Right. right. And I can really imagine what they're saying over there in New York with the Yankees right now because you know, they're in last place. Four what is it? Four and ten, I believe is their record right now. Five and, and ten now. Five and ten, yeah. They're uh, if they're not already red alert to trade and get whatever because you know of course if George Steinbrenner were still around we'd still be we'd be trading and firing and hiring and doing whatever and I think mm -hmm. that's probably their advantage that he's no longer there but um, you know they're supposed to be in the World Series this year. They're supposed to be savages yeah. at late I, I thought. Yes. I yeah. I well, think yeah the last thing I was going to say I'm so sorry. No you're good you man. Have, you got this. 
Well, it's law of averages. Like baseball is a, a game of averages, and you have, let's be honest, you have Jock not playing to his potential. You have yeah. a guy like Ian, a guy like Ian Happ who has been absolutely crushing the baseball, but it's going right to the fielders, and that's unlucky. That's just like Ian Happ's a perfect example of he might look bad at like, and this is where baseball and too much of the number in the analytics really kind of bothers me is when you look at Ian Happ on paper, it doesn't look impressive. But if, if you, if you've watched Ian Happ and his at bats and what he's done to the baseball and how hard he's barreled up balls and they've gone right to people like he is, he's a Ian Happ might go, he might bat like four fifty in the next 30 days, the way he's been swinging it. So yeah. what I'm trying to say is, the the bats are like is it is that's the least of my concerns. I think you like in time their averages will be their averages. Ian, Jock will be a two seventy five. Ian Happ will be two ninety three hundred. Like he's about to explode. Both of them. So once that does, I think that's going to get a lot of other people going, and it's still early. Right. Well, there's you've got guys who are. You know, that's going to be the topic that you read in all the Cubs forums and all the stuff that are, you know, fans who don't go that deep into it. They're fans. You can't deny that they're, they're fandom. But they, that's all you hear right now is, oh, we didn't get Schwarber back. We didn't get, you know, and they were even showing that last night a little bit on ESPN, which is where the national show was or the national broadcast, which I like. I like that we were able to see that because, I mean, let's face it, the Cubs pay marquee salaries. I mean, they are – sometimes you don't get that nitty-gritty like, hey, you need to, as a fan, come to terms with they're going to blow this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. And and I liked that, that you know, that deal um, that they showed. The thing is, is, yeah, pitching is just crap right now. And But there's nothing to offset that. I remember when Hugh Darvish made his first start in America with the Texas Rangers. He got lit up like six runs in like the first inning. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, this is just what we signed up all this money for. And we've done all of this. But the team behind him, they ended up winning. It was like 13 to seven. So it that's the problem is, yeah, the pitching is is crap right now. But also our run production is crap. Yeah. You know, yeah, 20- you're not wrong. 22 home runs and 15 of them are solo home runs and not mm-hmm. because they're lead off home runs. They just, yeah. you don't have people on base. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, the Cubs are kind of a live and die by the home run and they've been like that for a while. Um, I'm not, it's so tough because like, who am I? I? I'm just a spectator who knows a little bit about the game and has played it myself at a pretty high level. So like I can always give my input, but like, these are the best of the best. These are the pros. These are like, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to like have conversations with Anthony Iopose and like everything that he says, I firmly believe in. And it's like, people are so quick to judge a hitting coach or they're so quick to judge the manager and everybody's got to blow it up. We got to go. But sometimes it's just like, it's the weirdest thing. Like baseball, it, it takes one guy going off or it takes kind of like, and yeah, it's frustrating because we're we as Cub fans are like, was that Rizzo's breakout game? Was last week Wilson Contreras' breakout game? And then it, and then the next game is they 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 score nine runs and then they score two and then they score thirteen and then they score four and then they score six and then they score zero. But there's just so many outside factors that are that are even outside of their control and like that you get into the shift and I don't know if you noticed but like every time Rizzo's out 
on up to bat, obviously there's the shift, and he does not get a ball on the outside part of the plate. They pitch yeah. him inside, and it's either going to be a foul ball or it's going to be at one of the six guys they have on the right side of the field. So there's a lot of it's just kind of knowing other teams knowing the Cubs' strengths and weaknesses and knowing like when Javi has tendencies to chase in the dirt. You can go – if I was a pitcher pitching against Javi, I'd go fastball up, fastball up, in the dirt, like off yep. speed in the dirt. Every time yep. I'd go high fastball, high fastball, in the dirt. You know, and that's that's what a lot of people have been showing is that uh, you know, the MLB app has the what is it, the game day app or whatever, and they were showing like what was a swinging strike, and I mean it was over in the opposite batter's, you know, batter's box, and and I even watched yesterday Hayward chased one that was just ungodly out of the out of the strike zone. It it's that is nine iron on that one. I'm yeah, but and that's one of the things that I know. I believe it was Alex Rodriguez brought up yesterday was what is it? Seven hitting coaches in the past 10 years. Yeah. In the past decade or something. I mean, how much do you think that plays into this? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I don't think it plays into it as much because like, I can see where people think that, but these are professional baseball hitters and they are the best in the world. And they got there like Chris Bryant, has when his swing is on, it is a beautiful right-handed swing. If you dissect it, it is beautiful. And only Chris Bryant knows how that feels and knows what to do. So I don't really see somebody else coming in and, and breaking down Chris Bryant and telling him how to do something. I mean, give him an advice, give him a small tweak or, or help him time it up better. I think a lot of it is just like positive reinforcement. I don't know. I, to answer your question, I don't know. Um, because that's the, I, that's the first thing everybody's saying, fire the hitting coach. First thing everybody says is the hitting coach. But I don't think hitting coaches change players. Like, I don't think a new hitting coach, you can expect to see a new Chris Bryant because of this new hitting coach or a new Javi Baez. Like, right. Javi Baez is Javi Baez. Like, his swing is part of his personality. He's been like that. He swung at pitches that even I go, what are you swinging at? But then he hits, then he hits baseballs 450 feet. With pitches that I'm like, what are you swinging at? So it's like I don't even think I'm even qualified to have the the slightest clue of what it means. And I know that's not the answer you wanted, but I I don't th- I don't think a hitting coach bringing in a hitting coach change is different. If there's a if, it, if he brings in a team wide philosophy and they gravitate to that and they buy in and it works, I'm all for it. But I mean, you know, interestingly, you know, basketball is not baseball, but you know, you've got athletes, whether it's high school, college, professional, some nights you can't miss the hoop. I mean, it's it's the size of a hula hoop. And mm-hmm. there are other nights where it's the size of a soft drink can. But you don't ever hear – you don't you just don't hear them in basketball say, well, we're going to fire the shooting coach because we can't hit the broad side of a barn when we're shooting. You know, I, yeah. I mean, just a baseball thing because well, I, think, well, I think people see that as a baseball thing because I think in the way that I've always viewed hitting coaches after a certain spot in a baseball player's life mm-hmm. uh, to me a major league hitting coach is more of let's concentrate on the mental aspect of hitting let's yeah. focus on the situational aspect of hitting as opposed to so much mechanics and I, I think that, you know, maybe it's eagerness. Maybe that's why we're swinging at pitches that 
the catcher didn't catch because it was so far outside. It was a wild pitch. Why, you know, is it, we're just, we think that, oh, if I don't get us out, like I'm way, I'm carrying the weight of this burden on our shoulders. You know, I've got to get this hit. Is that, I, I think that might play into it some. It's just, I'm eager to get out of this. Slump. Yeah. Yeah. It could be again. I, I don't know. And so like, I can have an opinion on the matter. I think you're right about definitely the hitting coach. People think the hitting coach, like go to the hitting numbers and that's what the hitting coach is in charge of is the number, the OPS and the team batting average and the strikeout rate and the walk rate. But yeah, I think, I think hitting coaches are really more about the psychology and, and under, un, understanding data. And, and I think, I don't know, cause I'm not in the situation and I don't know how much numbers and what they talk about and how they break down and how they scout, like they're like how they're going to scout the Mets today for t- for this weekend or not this weekend, but the next series for the next three days. But sometimes too much analyzation can be a bad thing. If like, Absolutely. if you know, if you, yeah, if you study in pitchers tendencies, what they like to throw on O2 count. Now you're in the box thinking, Oh, it's O2. I'm probably going to curveball. And he, and he blows a 95 mile power right down the plate, which I've, I've literally, I haven't seen. What, one thing I've noticed this year is guys at the plate guessing wrong and it being a, a fastball right down the plate that they just watch. Like yeah. that is just you were guessing and it was incorrect. And that tells me, are they overstudying? Again, I don't know, but that's what I thought of. Is like, can can analysis lead to paralysis? Like, I don't know, but that's just my that's just what I think about. And they probably have the answers. And I I don't run in a business. I don't have the time to research and to you know read up on the baseball literature like I once did because I have to run a business. But like, I'm sure the answer's out there. But I I. I've talked to Pose quite a bit and I love his philosophy. Um, just talking to him, I get it. Like he gets baseball. Um, I think his attitude is good, but I don't know what what all like they do. So that's my I know it's a neutral answer, but that's I don't know. I don't well, know. The it's commercial time here for us at Holy Cow. And you said you don't have a lot of time to give in to uh, keeping up on numbers and things. Well, guess what? You don't have to. <laughs> Monkey Knife Fight and Holy Cow have decided to bring in a promo code for you guys. Put in Holy Cow. If you're not for sure what Monkey Knife Fight is, it is a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the casual sports fan that is simple, fun, and easy to play. Users determine which superstars competing in the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than the contest line provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap-based DFS games, but without the algorithms, lineups, and most importantly, sharks. There are several contests to choose from, none of which require the hours of research that Joe doesn't have on competing sites. Start with a simple 2-2 or go for the highest payout 100 times and higher by selecting an 8-8 more or less contest. Get started now with a 100% instant match bonus of up to $50 with the promo code HOLYCOW. As I always say on the show, I enjoy the home run derby. You pick three players from one of the games of the day, and you decide how many home runs each of those guys are going to hit, and you make money. It's great. You don't have to be the only person. Big leaguers don't have to be the only person in baseball making money. You read very good commercials. Hey, it's part of my life. I read commercials all day long. I sit around and I think of what's going to happen when I get to be Dan Leva Bastard or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. Cannot stand that guy. I had a big rant that got me in trouble with another show that I used to do. Oh, man. So let's stop dwelling on the 
problems. Let's go more optimistic and be positive like Joe likes to do. And let's look at the next six days. We've got three with the Mets, three with the Brewers, and we're going to be at home for those. Uh, the Brewers and Cubs rivalry already heating up this season. With, you know, I'm sick of the Brewers already. I'm sick of Cubs, them. You know, I used to hate the Cardinals, and not that I still don't love it. I'm beginning to have the Brewers are my number one team that I just don't like at all. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not much. There just seems to be a lot of a lot of storylines every time we play them. And, and storyline everyone should always remember was Ryan Braun was a cheater. Yeah. Never forget. Hashtag yes, never, never forget. forget. Ryan Braun was a – oh, man, I know you said you don't steal ideas, but I think there could be one there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like Ryan Braun. Yes. I, I will say he had a decent right-handed swinger. He did back, you know. His – his uh when he does his, like, his practice swing, oh, I hate that. I hate that. I hated Elvis ever... Andrews' practice swing. Oh, Ryan Braun's practice swing. It was like nails on a chalkboard for me to see that. It was just stupid. Like, he would finish, like, a golf swing up here. It was just like, what are you doing? But it works. I mean, he's way better at baseball than I am, so it obviously works. Right. So, NL East leaders Mets coming to town, guys. What – it's going to be a tough uphill battle for those three games. Uh, they're all night games. It's going to be cold and cold and cold, it looks like. It's supposed to snow tomorrow here. Yes. It's supposed to snow here in Oklahoma too, bud. We're Who's game two to four inches here. Ugh. Who's game one for the Mets? I haven't even looked into it that far. I know it's Arietta oh. Day tomorrow. It is Jake Arietta Day, so make sure you have your Jake Arietta. I have the Jake Arietta is still good at baseball shirt now. It looks like no. it's going to be Walker and Arietta. Okay, and then so do we see Degrom this series or no? Uh, let me Here's see. open that. It looks like uh, Peterson on Wednesday and Degrom on Thursday. All right. So we do have to see him. Yeah. Um, so I really thought the Braves. The Braves pitchers were going to allow the Cubs bats to kind of come alive. I thought that was our time, like against the Braves, was to really not that. We, I mean, they did in a sense come alive, but I was expecting us to jump all over their their pitching. Right. But, well, you know that one game. I mean, even, we're gonna, even Sunday night's game was there. There were some good things to take away. Two home runs for Rizzo. If you know you were talking like how you saw it, kind of clicked. Mm -hmm. uh, I, mean, I thought Jock looked good. Wilson, I think, is going to carry over and be hot. Like the heart, I feel like the better the pitcher, the better Wilson Contreras is as a as a hitter. Like he always has great matchups against the best pitchers in baseball, and somehow, like the the nastier the pitcher, like the more locked in he gets. So, who knows? Maybe I don't feel very confident with the Mets coming in, but I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs kind of figured something out. I guess I'm just waiting for the Cubs to figure it out, I and mean, that's just my optimism talking. And sometimes he looked pretty good the last couple, which, like I said, I saw him out in Arizona. And he's the best uh, player in baseball. I thought, you know, I'm thinking, wow, this is a we won't we won't lose anything with him over Schwarber. And you know, it hasn't started yet, but like I said, yesterday, Saturday, I maybe he's just finally. You know, change of scenery, it might take longer. 
to make those changes. So I think he's going to he's going to have a great a great summer. I do believe that. And I think that also shows the difference between the guys that I mean, I don't I'm not gonna go back and dig up who he hit all those home runs against, but that is that shows you the difference between minor league baseball pitching and major league baseball pitching too. Like I mean you that's the difference because the, a lot of I'm sure a lot of those guys are, you know, on the, and the minor leagues are got, you know, assigned to a, a certain team. Um, and the warm weather helps. I like for me, again, it was personal, but I love playing in warmer weather. I do not like playing in cold. I can't get anything going. So the fact, but to your point, the fact that he showed us that that's what he can do, that like I'm waiting for her. I mean, he set the bar pretty high with Cub fans, I think, in the early runnings. And yeah, I think he's capable of getting back there. Just going to take time. Right. I, I, and maybe that is the thing, you know, he played in perfect weather pretty much, you know, at least half the season and that whole NL West division, you don't really get a bad night of weather once, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's so even early on in the season, it's a lot warmer. Maybe there is something to colder weather and just not being used to that and having to try to adapt the, the Mets series. I'll be interested in seeing how they fare against a team who is right now pretty hot. I mean, they're, they're a hot team. I'm really curious to see that three-game series with the Brewers and see kind of how everything, if there's anything that spills over, if they use that as motivation to just knock the dog crap out of them. Uh, You know, manager's already set out his suspension. Are we still waiting on the – is the appeal still going on for the other suspension? Probably because they just announced Knicks today and they upheld it somehow. Really? So, yeah, they upheld Nick Castellanos. He starts his suspension tomorrow or Tuesday, which is tomorrow, which when you watch this will be today. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think they'll probably have that decision, I guess, today. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, I, I haven't heard anything because I know he was – I know David Ross did his uh, his press conference and just talked about how – I mean, it, it is. It's, it's yeah. dumb. Yeah, I can't even get into that. I don't even have time to get into that tonight. And but Contreras has already had a fine as well, correct? Yeah. Yep. Seventy five hundred dollar fine for I think he violated a health code policy for reacting to a ball that hit him in the head going ninety plus miles per hour. So it's the irony there is kind of kind of strong that yeah. he broke the health code policy after he got nailed in the head. Yeah, it's uh it just seems like it's it's I know you know we're gonna say that because we're Cubs fans, but it definitely does seem one-sided. I mean, there was yeah. nothing done about where we've all seen the the clips on Instagram and everywhere else of how many times Wilson Contreras got hit by the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and it used to be Rizzo that was getting hit all the time, but that's just his batting stance. I mean, you can't stand on top of the plate and they expect to not get hit. I think he does stand. So I did a I did a chart or like a, a meme a few years ago where you could fit Jason Hayward and Anthony Rizzo in the same batter's box in their normal batting stances. Like because <laughs> I feel like Hay- Hayward's open and he like he's very open um, and kind of starts his back left like in the middle of the box. So his right foot's almost like on the outside front of the box, and Rizzo yeah. is just hugs. And I was just like, I thought you could fit their batting stances like in the same box, and it's pretty darn close. <laughs> It's, I just, the Brewers, you know, we've got so much more time that we have to see them throughout the season. I know yeah. things hopefully get to be a little bit 
closer to being evened out. Um, Corbin Burns scares me. Maybe, maybe we just need to start a campaign and put him back in the American League. Bring back, yeah. Bring back the Astros and uh, send them back to the American League. I want you guys. Have you guys? I'm so sorry. I'm the worst interrupter. Have you thought about how different the NL Central would be if the Astros were still in it through those through their like incredible run, even the cheating oh, years? Cool. But nonetheless, that would have had a direct negative impact on the Cubs. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Like, do we have a World Series in 2016 with the Astros in our division for 2014, 2015, and 2016? But they wouldn't have had their DH. So I mean, there could be some. You know, did they lose a bat? Probably not because they have a trash can, so everybody knows what's coming. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. and okay. you have to think really, about it because it, it happened. We got the World Series; they didn't. So yes. well, they did, but they they had to cheat to get theirs. They should have given it back. I mean, yeah, it, it was pretty obvious when what was LA's ERA like two point one seven or something like that, and then they go and play the Astros, and it jumps to like nine point eight. Yeah, I think the biggest indicator was the whiff rate. They looked at if you look at the whiff rate from the 2017 versus like 2018, they had the they went in 20, I think in 2016 or 2015, they had the they had the worst whiff rate, swing and miss rate in baseball. And then the next year they get jumped up to like top three in 2017. It's like that again, I'm not even gonna get into it. Yeah. So we got three games with the Mets, we got three games with the Brewers. We are just out of time. I do want to congratulate Mr. Dominic, Mr. Greg on uh, officially being accepted into the Social Security Administration Club. Yay! All right, Greg. More money for baseball trips. Greg has go. more money to buy old style. So when you see us at Wrigley, definitely hit him up. We'll get some beers going. Also, Joe sounded like he was kind of in a giving mood earlier. Is there something you yeah. want to do? Yeah, so if you use the – we're going to create a discount code. It's actually already created, so it'll be live right now. It's Ooh. Holy Cow 5. Again, Holy Cow 5. That'll give you $5 off any shirt you want. Nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and if you guys are one – has, No one has enough cup shirts. There you Not go. room for at least one to five more. Yeah, just one more shirt. Greg, but yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Like, this is awesome. Much appreciated. We'll have to have you on in a happier time. Yeah, I could talk baseball with you guys get all day long. Weeks, as I look at the schedule, we go to Atlanta for four, then we go to Cincinnati for three, and then we've got the Dodgers in for three the first week of May. Oh, so boy. We, yeah. we may know our fate by the middle, by Mother's Day. You know what? Definitely. I'll come back in like 30 or 40 days and you can ask me that panic thermometer question again or that panic meter and I and we'll uh we, we can kind of digest what just happened. If we don't get through that stretch, we've got the Pirates again for three, Indians for two, Tigers for three, uh Nationals for four. So but maybe a good maybe if they can win the series against the Mets, maybe that can be the tide changer. Absolutely. Because I mm -hmm. thought Saturday was going to be the tide changer. I I'm going to make a prediction. We're going to take at least. I think we're going to take two out of three from the Brewers this weekend. Do I love that? I just I think that. Excuse me, excuse my language, but I think the Brewers have pissed the Cubs off enough already this season that it, it's just going to be. Maybe that's you know, as a former coach, 
Sometimes that was the best way to get your kids to play hard and play well was to make sure they were mad about something. Yep. And let's be honest, if you're being thrown at your teammates or you, yep. more reason to come right out there and say, you know what? Enough of this. We'll I see. think we'll be fine as long as Angel – I mean, like, Angel Hernandez shouldn't be there, right? I mean, that, that shouldn't be a thing that, that we, we should – We can have. only cross our fingers. Yes, I mean, that should be – which he lost his case. Best news in mm -hmm. baseball. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if we have anything going for us, depending on how we do against the Mets, I think if we, if we win the first two – I think we have to win the first two, but – DeGrom does not get – DeGrom has 2014 Jake Arietta syndrome. When Jake would go out and pitch well and we wouldn't score any runs, DeGrom has been suffering that for like a few years now. So if there's any good news by DeGrom starting is that the Mets will not score runs based on yeah. three years of trending data. So that might – if we can get one or two runs, that might be enough. Well, his, his ERA is 0.45. <laughs> I mean, I don't – <laughs> He's one and one. I'm not sure who he lost to, but um, you know he he is beatable. With I, I think like two no decisions already too. Yeah, yeah. I like long hair to ground better. Oh, I like long hair to ground better too. Yeah, yeah. He, yep. he I mean, you know, grimy, just kind of greasy looking dude. I'm big. Like I'm him. big into swag and vibes, and I think a lot of that, like, you know, look good, play good, play good, feel good, feel good, yeah. be good, whatever the Deion Sanders quote is. But like, I'm big into, yeah, you got to look good to play good. Got to be, got to be comfortable. Got to be confident. I wish when Noah Syndergaard was rocking the ponytail, if they would have let him wear like the 950 uh, hat and like pull that thing through the uh, the old uh, snapback on the back. You know, there you go. That would be hilarious. You know who's fun to watch is uh, Marcus Stroman. He's probably one of my favorite pitchers to watch, and he's got. He, he drips in swag. He drips in confidence. He's got some filthy, filthy pitches. So have you seen his? New thank God we're not. Thank God we're not. We're not seeing Stroman, right? He already, no, I think he no. pitched yesterday or today. So yeah, yeah. I have nightmares about how filthy his pitches are sometimes. It's no, he insane. his new shoes. Did you see his new cleat line? Mm -mm. Like Stro Show or something like that is what they're called. Who makes it? Is it Nike, Adidas, Under Armour? It's his own brand. Oh, it's his own brand. Yeah. Like yeah, big yeah, baller status. Yeah, they're getting ready to release them. So, well, man, yeah. thanks for hopping on with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. We'll let you go and uh, have fun. Remember, Holy Cow Five gets you that five dollars off. Make sure you're following us, Holy Cow Show, Instagram and Facebook, and also on YouTube as well, IGTV. We're everywhere. We're podcasts are as well. Until next time, guys. Let's go Cubs, go right. I mean, that's that's what we're trying to do. Here's go Cubbies. This week, we've got a lot of wins to talk about. Yes, we want to come back. Good vibes. Sending good vibes. Yes. Have a good week, everybody. You too.